This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sleep all day, Rook Talk Podcast all night. Yeah. All day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, baby. Exactly. Any of that? Push all right. That stuff is Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. And tonight is a very special night. It's going to be a round table. Just introduce someone I've been excited about having. Oh, we got Hunter Myers with us tonight. It's great to be here. And he is going to play some music for us. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to dig into a little bit about what he's been up to and what he's been doing. And then we're just going to open this round table up. So, Hunter, if you'll go ahead and open us up, place the tune, man. I'd be glad to. You know, this one. Uh... There is no title of the upcoming album, but if there were, this would probably be it. It's called Charcoal. Alright.
Good job, bro. Thank you so much, man. Great tune. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you know, on the uh, on the album, it, it is a bit more produced. It's got some, you know, fancy on the drums. You know, a little bit of effects just for a vibey, sure. spacey feel. But uh, but they left it real minimal, which is cool. Um, it still comes through pretty much in the exact same way. Which on a on a more delicate song like that, it, it's fun to see somebody that can keep it. You know, work the dynamics in a certain way that keeps it in that acoustic feel. Mm -hmm. Easy to get overproduced once it gets in the studio, you know? You start throwing multiple instruments on there and suddenly you've, you've lost that original yeah. feeling that you, uh, that you had Absolutely. there. But yeah, thanks man, it's, uh, it's so, exciting. I'm gonna get back to your music in just a second, Absolutely. but just kind of give everybody a better idea of who you are. So man, growing up, a little bit about who you are is, where'd you come up, man? And Yeah, uh, born in Alabama, but then quickly moved over to Mississippi and raised uh, down south of Vicksburg, a tiny little town, till about, you know, 14, moved off to Florida, then back to Mississippi, Louisiana, bounced up to New Hope for a year. That's what brought me into you guys' this world, whoop, whoop. right? And then uh, back on the road, I really got the love for traveling. Florida had a thing where if you had good grades, kept them up, did this and that, they'd give you a, 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 your, your diploma, whatever, early. So I graduated in like the uh, 10th grade, and then did a year of community college, and then started traveling and, and stuff like that and through all the travels you know I, I bounce over to Spain with like a one-way ticket meet some people out of a newspaper lived there for like three months and learned how to do a bunch of learned how to live life a little bit you know I was like 17 so I had 17 a, years old you was in Spain yeah I had a lot to learn about <laughs> life still and learned you know yeah because at so 17 much. you know everything of course right so I yeah. go up there and I'm like I didn't speak the language I had a one way ticket <laughs> like customs was not happy about that they were like what are you doing yeah but and then I got the love for traveling came back bounced around did a little more college came back to Columbus you know there used to be a German restaurant here that I, I ran for a little while which got me into cooking which led me to work with Vail Resorts you know in Wyoming and then they were like you gotta go to Breckenridge I was like what's a Breckenridge sent me to Colorado and through all that, and you know, now I'm living back in Mississippi, and uh, have taken the time to just sit back, figure out, put all that into some songs, you know. So yeah, yeah that's where we are today. So sounds like you got a lot to uh, write about. Yeah, you know, there could be the right. <laughs> you gotta got find those times to put it in the right way. But it could be, it could be a good story, or you know, put into a song. We all do, right? We've all got those things. I feel like we we've, we've all got a little bit of the songwriter in us, the the poet. Because sure. we have journals, or we, we write songs, or we make up songs on the way to the grocery store, things like that. So I truly, truly believe that. And people are like, oh, I don't play any music. I was like, I bet you sing in the shower, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, okay, I do that. And I was like, so you, you know, you're a singer. You ain't never done a parody song while you're in there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's a singer. Everybody's somewhat of an artist in their own way, generally, I guess. It's an instrument for everybody, too, even if it's the triangle, right? Yeah. Yeah, the shaker. Yeah. All right, man, well, just with songwriting and what you're doing right now, how did it start? What yeah. started it? Uh, you know, uh, at 14, a lot like probably all the other teenage boys, you pick up the guitar. Was it Nirvana? To get the girls right, it was Nirvana. It was Linkin Park, it was Led Zeppelin, it was, you know. But, you know, I grew up on Patsy Cline and Elvis, so those were my first loves. And then I got to find classic rock and then eventually 90s rock and so on on my own, which was nice. But, yeah, I picked up the guitar and... But didn't really start uh, writing songs until this last year when I had some time and some experiences, right? You need something to write about. Sure. So it took a few years of doing some things and then sitting down and being, you know, with myself and figuring out 
without distractions. That's what it is. It's so easy to be distracted, right, with everything. Mm-hmm. So time and space to do it. And so I've got the CD in the works now. I reached out to someone on Facebook. They recommended somebody else. I went up there, did the thing in November. And he's great. He's, he's terrific. He's, uh, I've been doing it for a while. And he brought in some really fantastic other musicians like, uh, you know, Annie Clements from... Uh, she's a bass player uh, for different bands like Amos Lee and Sugarland, yeah. and uh, and yeah. she and Hula Hi-Fi. And she's just an incredible musician. I turned on the the New Year's Eve thing just a few weeks ago, and there she is on Dick Clark's New Year's Eve bash, and I was just blown away that uh, through Facebook and and social media and all these other things, I was able to get connected with somebody who a couple degrees away from some of the people that I've admired for the longest time, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, the guitarist from. Uh, Rodney Atkins was there, and dude, the drummer himself, you know, was plays with Holly Williams, and so to say all that is to say, you know, I gave them the music, they played it a thousand times better than I ever could, and then I added a few things here and there, I went back, sitting on top of it all, you know, so my lyrics, my voice, and all that with their music, so through the collaboration, we were able to create something that I'm pretty excited about, and here in a few weeks, I think it'll be all ready. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be on the iTunes, Spotify, normal places you can mm-hmm. stream your music. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, I've just been gigging around, playing restaurants and networking, right? That's part sure. of the, yeah. the process. I'm totally Absolutely. shooting from the hip here. It's new for me, but it's exciting and fun. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, with your song right, man, like, I heard you got kind of a cool place to kind of get away to. Oh, yeah, I tried to. You know, <laughs> I came from Denver. I was... Uh, it was crazy. I was managing like, oh gosh, this crazy place that was keeping me long, crazy hours. And I got to the point where I needed to really escape. And so my grandparents live in a tiny place in Mississippi with 400 people. And I figured it was time to get there. I found some land, cleared it out, put all the utilities. And I'm, I'm in the process right now of building like a little cabin out there. So that's what I was, you know, that's what I've been up to while I've been writing the songs. So it's been nice just to have something to, to work on that'll be there for a while and again all new for me I know so little about all that that it's been really like a, a comedy uh, mm-hmm. the entire time that I've been learning how to do these things but all for the better you know absolutely yeah so it's been interesting to say the least yeah all right man well, one last question yeah before we open the round table three artists mm. live or dead mm. absolutely right. see them live See him live. In whatever state. Like if you wanted to see early 90s sure. Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Or whatever that would be. Yeah, absolutely. That's a tough one, right? Elvis would definitely be up there. That's my first love, the king. So All right. I called that for a reason, right? He's just, uh, he's so great. And the influence that he had was so big, right? So seeing him possibly in Memphis or Tupelo, one of those you know big places in his heyday, that would have been terrific. Great. Um, some of these other people, you know, I, I've made it a goal of mine to try to, if they're alive, get out there and see them before they're gone. Uh, Billy Joel's one of those huge, uh, typical, you know, I grew up listening to my mom's records. Did you catch your Billy Joel? I did. I, I, you know, my mom was like, never seen it. You know, I was like, we, we neither. And we freaking let, oh gosh, we, we went and I surprised her with these freaking tickets. I told her we were in the, in the nosebleeds and she's like, I don't care. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> we get there and we're walking. She's like, going the wrong way. I was like, we're on the eighth row. And we both just like, it was the greatest moment ever, right? Yeah. So there we are. We're enjoying Billy Joel. And so that's number two. And number three, oh God, it would have to be, uh, it would have to be up there with like Ray LaMontagne or Van Morrison. 
you know, one of those guys. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or, you know, just people that I've drawn the most influence from. Sure. But as a show, you know, Led Zeppelin would also be up there. And, you know, you got to squeeze them in. Yeah. Because, you know, I saw Roger Waters. That was an experience. It was not anything like I'm sure the real Pink Floyd experience would have been yeah. like, but Led Zeppelin would have been a great one. Yeah, sure. I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I like to get the lead out. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Uh-huh. All right, we're going to open up the round table. And so we got Hunter Myers. We got his brother, John. Cole? Hey, hey. And so that is the round table for the evening. So, first topic of the evening, guys, is the jackass generation that we're seeing. You're right, that we grew up on. Yeah. The 90s kids and and how they were impacted by all that. (laughs) And so somebody break this thing wide open. Describe this thing, the phenomenon. The phenomenon. With a simple TV show... Hunter and I thought it would be a good idea to climb up on the roof of the double-wide trailer we lived at and jump off onto the trampoline for, I guess, hoping that we just wouldn't get hurt. Sure, you know, you get a video camera, yep. right, and you, so, you see what they're doing. One person holding the video camera, one yeah. person on the roof, screaming, uh, Hey, my name is John Myers, and I'm about to do the face plant. Yeah. And it just only goes from there, because yeah. you always got to one-up. It's, yeah. it's addicting, and you see it, and it's hilarious, and there's nothing else like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Before we started recording earlier, I was telling you about this. Like, we, we used to do events at the house all the time, and on the weekends, man, we'd have friends over and all this and that. And it it was backyard boxing, and mm-hmm. we were filming that, and we were doing these, like, goofy intros for the fighters, or, mm-hmm. you know, it was the, the typical scene that you would see with, like, just the headlight ring. Absolutely. Prior and, to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, and we were just like, this was things that we would put on our MySpace page, you know? Absolutely. And we would, I had, you know, the flip up trash cans, got the wheels you get from the city, and put the couch pillow in the bottom, and we'd be like, this is out, and I'm getting out of here, and like jumping in and going down a flight of stairs and just rolling oh, yeah. that trash can. We were just doing, like you're saying, just whatever we could do. And you talk to any, yeah. Teenage boy at the time, anywhere in the nation that was watching that show, what would they do with their friends? But the exact same thing, right? Any way they could. And it's crazy how, right? These goofballs. A group of like what five guys originally? Oh, you know, changed it. You know, it's always whoever's whoever's a willing participant. Usually, right? Because some people get fed up and then they're not in the crew yeah. anymore. They're like, I can't get any good night's sleep. I can't trust anybody. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah, and I fell asleep with my shoes on. Yeah. And I woke up and I got mustard all over me. Right. <laughs> Hey, I held a camera one time. Yeah, and that you just reminded me. I held the camera one time, and you were wearing a cowboy hat. Is it, you remember this? You picking this Which up? Time? Huh? No, I don't. At the river. It was at Is night. He jumped off naked. Yeah, yep. butt naked. Jumping off the bridge naked. Butt naked. He naked. jumped. He jumped off of the bridge <laughs> butt naked. I have never yeah. had and a cowboy hat. With getting naked. Crazy. And then oh, and the yeah. only time I've ever seen an alligator Pine in the board. river yeah. down by downtown Columbus, the Riverwalk area. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever seen an alligator in in that water. Where? Only time. It's like, hey, look, I'm John Mars. I'm gonna sploosh. Hey, is that an alligator down there? <clears throat> you ever seen a Scared white boy swim, so fast, so fast. so fast. You saying Michael Phelps will have a run for his money? You saying if you put an alligator <laughs> in the pool, we now have a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, a pretty dangerous stunt to be pulling in the middle of the night. Gator. Oh, it's horrible. Can't see what you're doing. I look back on it, and I just, I, just, I have, I have no idea why we were able to look through that. Because yeah, I, I would just be terrified if my son was doing that stuff. Man, we were we were talking about it was. Just a 
maybe a couple of weeks ago, it was kind of like this, only there wasn't a microphone. Mm-hmm. And it was just a group of guys I used to throw down with, you know, back in high school and when we got out of high school. And we were all sitting around and, you know, it's a miracle that we're all still here. Truly. Because I, I was like, I know so many other friend circles that there's one or two that... Didn't make it through the... Didn't get through. In the late teens, early crazy 20s. Right? Yeah. Right. What you do tend to slow down a bit. And hopefully... Four females last year, three of them were under 27 years old. See? Right. Tragedy. Yep. Unreal. What? But mm. I think, you know, maybe it gets safer, yeah. right? We're, we're on the safer years, hopefully. I, I hope so. Well, you're not jumping off the bridge naked anymore, are you? The party boy, right? There's always some guy in there. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's where you guys started. There's always some guy in there. There you go. We just uncovered that. <laughs> you turn you around, remember, you remember he's drunk and naked, and you're like, what the fuck? Remember the hey, episode of Jackass when he would rip yeah. off the button pants? Yeah, that's where it all and started. And he had the uh, banana hammock on? Oh, yeah. That's where it all started. And I was like, oh. well, hell, if he can do it. Yeah, we even went into a grocery store, put a mask on, which would not be advised in any store. I wouldn't do it now. And, uh, yeah. and ripped our pants off and ran through the store jogging. And then the security guard's like, hey, guys, stop. And we're like, all right, run, run, right? So then it's exciting, right? You're running through the grocery store from the security 14 guard. 14 and 16-year-old running half naked. Thanks to Johnny Knoxville. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to Steve-O. Thanks, Thanks to all those guys, right? Yeah. You know, Bam and, you know, one of them, of course, not. Uh, he didn't make it, you know, Ryan and... That, yeah. was, that was so tragic and he, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting watching that and the effect I remember Bam was devastated that little documentary you know I saw recently he, he was like on like a roller coaster there and that's what I'm saying it's like I remember it might as well be a 30 for 30 talking with Bam about like how all of it started yeah and it, it was like it just started like with me wanting to do skateboard videos and my friends they couldn't skate but Goofy. they wanted to do dumb stuff and they would, and like, then it turned into like, we started filming and we were trying to one up one another. And it built and it built and it elevated and whoever produces Jackass and produced Bam Margera, what's his name? Uh, Bam Margera. No, 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 no you're no, talking about another dude. No, no, other guy. I know no, what you're talking about. You know, the need, producer. We need Jamie here to, yeah. to give us our facts. Yeah, our somebody facts. Google. We need a Googler. Um, that we need that computer guy that Rogan has, right? Yeah, yeah. Jamie, what is that? Uh, we need, yeah, yeah, pull that up on the TV like real quick. Dick House Productions or something, right? Yeah, it's Dick House Productions. Dick Who's the guy? Yeah. Or the cock house. Or Hunter, yeah. Hunter and I and a friend of ours, Spencer, down in, when we lived in Florida, paid a homeless man. Jeff to, Tremaine. Jeff Tremaine. Yeah. Paid sorry. a homeless man to buy us tickets to get us into the Jackass movie. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Good move. And uh, <laughs> he had to buy himself a ticket, and so we gave him money, and he was able to refund his ticket and get his money back. So he walked out with like seventeen bucks. There you go. That's a great dance. Win, win, win. Yeah, yeah, everybody won that night. Dude, if my sixteen-year-old, fifteen, fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old kid came over, like, yeah, we uh, made friends with a homeless guy, paid him to get us in the movie. We should just watch the movie with him. We should just gone inside and all three shared a popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any part of this I'd feel comfortable about. <laughs> Dude, I don't understand how we lived through this and nothing bad ever really happened. It's ironic that y'all are talking about like homeless guys when y'all lived in Florida. Because when we came to see you in Florida, I saw a space shuttle launch. That was cool. Mm -hmm. And then while everybody's stuck in traffic watching the space shuttle, like, oh, that's great. You know something? That is ironic. Back to John on his uh, story about homeless people. There's so many. When I lived down there, I used to do construction and I was uh, in a lot of bad parts of town. And I came up with this idea. I, I think I got it from one of these books that I had seen on a coffee table of where, where people had written in just like in confessions and just things. And it was just an anonymous collection of 
crazy stuff. And anyway, I started talking to homeless people just to get their story. Like, how did you get to here? Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I would just sit there and talk with them, smoke a cigarette, whatever. Yeah, sure. And uh, I had gotten a very small collection of people I had met and their stories, and I was going to put this all together in a book. And uh, one time I went up to Atlanta, and I caught a bus, and I had to wait at this bus station for like eight hours overnight on an outside bus station on a concrete bench for like eight hours waiting on my next bus. So I'm just sitting here in downtown Atlanta by myself, <laughs> and the homeless people everywhere. So I just started talking to them. And we're drinking out of a flask together. And that's how zombies happen, John. Oh, that's how bad shit happens. <laughs> what that is. Like, hey, how did John die? Oh, he was hanging out with a bunch of homeless people in downtown Atlanta and got stabbed. Yeah. Well, there's no surprise there. Sharing a herpes flask. Sharing a herpes flask. I'm sure you're... Because I had a... Uh, I had a uh, plastic... We rum. I had a plastic <laughs> bag. You ever seen the plastic bag for liquor? And I snuck a whole fifth of rum on this uh, bus and a bunch of ginger ale in, uh, in my backpack. And I'm sitting here just drinking out of my plastic flask. That was the night I became a homeless person. I was yeah, like, this is homeless for me. The, the, the homeless person didn't even ask me for money when he walked up. It's the life for me. <laughs> He, well, he didn't even, he, didn't even uh, he pointed to one of the cigarette butts in the uh, big flower pot that I was leaning against. He goes, are you going to smoke those? I was like, no. Are you? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, he thinks I'm homeless too. Well, I'm not looking down. I'm just saying I don't know what you think I have. What were you wearing? But I, have a, I have a big plastic bag of rum. What do you have? I'm wearing a trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> I have I'm a trash bag. bag. Okay, ready. First of all, brood. <laughs> so I got him to start drinking with me, and uh, so we just sat there and drank and talked, and it happened again in Chicago. I went up and on a business trip to Chicago, walked around all night downtown by myself, left my wallet at the uh, hotel, Jeez. took my phone, a pair of earphones, and a uh, giant like Yeti of bourbon and ginger ale, and my cigarettes. I smoked at the time. And so I just walk around downtown Chicago two nights in a row, all night, by myself. Hung out with like 10 homeless people. Never had one single problem. <laughs> so when's the book coming up? Oh, God. I need to have like a sober night where I can remember all the stories. First of all, you should be thanking God. You didn't get shot in downtown Chicago walking around looking like that. I'm going to be honest. I know it has one of the worst statistics and everything. But if you would take into account, remove where you surround yourself with. You not surround yourself with illegal activities and gang activities. You immediately just took out a humongous percentage sure. of having, a, you know, a problem. Sure. Like that. Okay. So it was just me by myself, not doing anything illegal. Uh-huh. And worst thing, you know, end up in the wrong alley. So like a businessman on a late night walk. Nope. I was in with uh, cargo shorts and a uh, white undershirt, so I definitely didn't look like I had money. Oh, and I didn't have any money. I didn't, probably should have lost money just so. Like, oh yeah, yeah, here you go. 911, what's your emergency? I was walking around, listening to walking around, bothering all these homeless folks. I was walking as could be, and I just end up on the lake, watch the sun come up. And out of nowhere, there's this one light pole that has a speaker at the top playing Elton John. I'm like, weird. I sat down on this big rock right underneath this light lamp post with the speaker, and I was like, well, this doesn't happen every day. (laughs) Watching the sun come up over the lake. Come on there, Elton. Saga. Continues that <laughs> you do have to write a book one day, though. I hope you're keeping track of all these I'm trying. weird events that happen. <laughs> it's a lot of them. Down to Florida one time when we were like 20 years old, and we got really drunk. We were at the hotel, and I had to move the car for some reason. Went downstairs, moved the car, came back up. Moving on. 
had a great night. Next morning, went to look for the car. He was up on top of the median and had run over three water sprinklers and I had popped two tires. He was like, perfect. And (laughs) 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 the the maintenance people and everybody were surrounding my car and they were like, oh, fuck. And I walked down and I immediately was like, I am so sorry. My brother just is an animal last night. I'm, I'm going to move this car right away. And it's like two tires are probably just... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And driving back across 10 feet of grass, you can see 30 feet of... <laughs> and taking out sprinkler heads. And from, cause all I had to do was move the car 10 feet and somehow I did a 40 foot... <laughs> through the parking lot. And, uh, so, it's like that scene at Wolf on Wall Street where he thinks he gets home without a scratch on the car. Oh yeah, because I went back upstairs. <laughs> I was like, we're good. Blue <laughs> we're just fucking demolished. You know there had to be someone at some point that saw that. It was like, he just got out, locked the car. Sprinklers. We'll be here for a while. <laughs> All right. And why did he do it? He did it for the vine. Did it for the vine. <laughs> You know, will they ever bring Vine back? Who knows? Um, so that's what it kind of leads into, right? So we had this, we had the jackass generation of us. It was kind of like yeah. premature to YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube comes out, and so you start seeing these videos surface, and then Vine yeah. comes out. Right, a play, a hub for these videos, right? Mm-hmm. And now you have TikTok, which is the most annoying advertising I of all time. Hate. I don't want to. I refuse to do it. I remember Smack Cam. You remember Smack Cam? Mm. That was hilarious. Was it? Oh, about like. Wait, like, that people would just run by and just be like, ha! Yeah, that culture has like it started the whole. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's like if you see somebody dancing in the mall and their friend is videotaping, you they're trying you, to go viral. They're trying to go viral. You don't even think anything of it. Mm-hmm. 10, 20 years ago, you'd been like causing a scene, right? It was right. Like, <laughs> doing, wait, wait, wait. But now you're just like assuming, eh, kids trying to. It's a Snapchat. The Tide Pod yeah. whole challenge thing. Right. Well, you remember antiquing? Oh, the flower. What? So it's a flower on someone. And oh, no. I so it all like, started from way back when, but it had to continue yeah, to one-up to eventually now we're biting Tide Pods. Yeah, oh, no, we're yeah. dabbing Tide Pods now. People, oh. Yeah, people have been, you saw that kid that dabbed a Tide Pod? I can't be healthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. Can't be good. It almost sounds like a two girls, one cup kind of thing. It's kind of like that. It's almost like <laughs> you can't traumatize it. You can't unsee it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so like, man, it's this, this whole thing, and man, I see it in kids, man, I mean, you know, we were kind of like an anomaly for this, is coming up, it was Atari, now it was already there, and then it was Nintendo, mm-hmm. now we missed that, but we call it Super Nintendo, you Sega know, we Genesis. Had, uh, we had the original Nintendo. Somebody gave us the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, I, my, I had the original too, and totally. it's, I think it's, Doug Connor? Yep. Doug Connor was, it was... That I think the world changer. started changing like you can actually interact with the, the at television. that point in time due to the that was too new. Technology. And I use video games to kind of like show the progression, but like I remember like with cell phones, dude, being twelve years old, mm. and like the Nokia brick, mm. the invincible right? phone, right? But I remember the bag phone when I was a young child, mm-hmm. like five, six years old. My we dad, my grandpa had a bag phone in his car, and like he would do like service calls. He used to do the, mm-hmm. you remember the big dishes? Yes, huge. He would service them and install them for people. And, like, that was his business phone was while he was in his Ranger, dude. It was the back phone. And yeah, so, like, and time. I remember just, like, technology advancing so fast. It went corded phone, the cordless phones, and, like, we were living on this. Compi- it compounded on upon itself. Mm-hmm. It just continued to get double the speed. Mm-hmm. 
And then next thing you know is like all these video game systems are getting very sophisticated. Now we're at VR and like with cell phones, right when smartphones became a thing and like, holy crap, you go to a concert and people aren't even living in the moment. They're just filming it. Yeah. And we're all just looking for this moment to go viral. Yeah. Well, you know, we were talking about that with someone the other day, how some artists or comedians, musicians, they require you to turn in your cell phone before mm-hmm. going into their show. Um, and then they'll, they'll give it back to you at the end. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what, because Ryan Adams... To make you live in the moment. Yeah, Ryan Adams, that's his reason. It's just like, be here, be with me. You know? Yeah. And, uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. I mean, you know, I yeah. guess it's being filmed. Kevin Hart does I can understand that. But, but, yeah, that's a big thing now. Yeah. I mean, uh, the recent show I went to, man, I knew the artist. And talking to him after the show, he was... He didn't say anything during the show. He played for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Was only supposed to play for an hour. He kept playing, and his comment afterwards, like we were talking the show over while we were just sitting on the porch after the show. Yeah. And he was like, "Did you see that one chick on the right? It, or your right? It was my left. I was like second row." He said, "She filmed the entire show." And he's like, "Some of the things that I played, mm-hmm. they haven't even been recorded. Mm-hmm. You know what that could do?" Oh sure, right. If if, if it's an unreleased. Yeah. Song, and that person feels the need to post it online. Yeah. Although, is it more likely that that person wants it for their personal records, or do you think that person's going to go take the time, edit it, post it? I don't know. You never uh, know. Right? Yeah, you don't know. If I saw someone ever videotaping me, I, I think, and I don't know, but I feel like I would be honored that that person feels it's a special enough moment to either want to share it with someone and or, other people or remember it. it later. One of those things, right? Mm-hmm. They want to look back on this fond memory, or they want to share it with someone else because of how special it is. I would, you know. I don't know. Until the point where they're, maybe it's they because they're old, making money. Maybe they get sold after a thousand well, characters. Well, Ryan Adams is actually epileptic, too. That's his big reason. He doesn't want pictures. Okay. It's, well, that makes sense. He don't look yeah, flash. There's some reason about that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, I mean, even, like, I know, like, just with, man, places, like, I've been lucky enough to travel to a lot of different countries and been lucky enough to go to a lot of different shows and do some fairly, what I think are cool things. Yeah. Things that I set up to do, but... I rarely pull out my phone. I don't take a lot of pictures. I don't take videos. It's like and like with the show, I mean, like with some of the people, and like tonight, I haven't even taken a picture of like what we're doing. We haven't done this yet. Sure. You know, it's like this is this is a special thing right now. This is something that Porch Top hasn't done, mm-hmm. and I should be. I was like, we should capture, and we will. In your show, I'll put it up right there. And we'll get it. Yeah. We'll get a shot. Um, yeah. You know, I used so to, I used to, uh, I used to take a lot of pictures of whatever event it was, even if it was fireworks, right? Which is the, the most silly thing you could, I think, take pictures of. Because how, how hard was it to capture? Well, you know, you're like the moment you like, when it first. Ne- yeah, exactly. you'll ne- and you'll never look at it. Again. You'll never look back and look. Chose sweet fireworks from last yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never. So, like, dude, I, yeah. they got like three likes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Do you want to see my cool firework videos? Hell no. No. <laughs> no. Anybody ever said that to me? Like, I'm, Oh, make it a point to avoid you. So I, I quit. I erased like half of my photos in it because I was just like, it's all garbage, it's all trash, it's all unnecessary. I guess it depends on what the photo is, too, though. Sure. It's that just years, like 10 years just collecting bullshit. It's normally my son and I, and then 95% of his bracks me, so yeah. I take a ridiculous <laughs> amount of photos for that because I'm like, ah, yeah. I, if I don't do it, I'll forget yeah. this moment. And, you know, uh, there's uh, so many times I'll look back, I'm like, ah, I remember that now. Yeah. Like, I'm. 
I just forgot that I had forgotten it. Kind yeah. of thing. So I ain't thought about it. Right. Well, here it is. Kind of remind me. Right. But uh, I get as far as like food. I love when I'm, I'm at a restaurant and I see somebody that shows the other plate immediately to me. I'm like, I mean, I'm sure it does look good. A few people I'd like to send it to, but yeah. Facebook, everyone. Not so much. I'm a food critic. Ah. I'm here at Jack's. I just ordered the number two. <laughs> Check out this french fried burger. Look at the bun. It's delectable. Do you see the roundness? That's what I like. That's what I don't like. I want reviews on that burger. But you know, it's so funny because we depend so heavily on reviews, yet I myself am not willing to ever review yeah, anything. Review even if I really... Sometimes, but most of the time, even if I had a great experience with that product or the ordering process... I'm too lazy to go put a good review. Yet, what did I do for a half hour before buying that product? But read all the reviews I could, right? We yeah. depend on them, but we're not willing to participate. You do a silent thank you for those people. Yeah. yeah, Yelp too. We always Yelp the restaurant. Sure. But hardly ever do you leave and be like, you know. Yeah. Would you recommend this place? Would you recommend it? Right? I always like, get off my screen. I'm skip. Like, Come on to my next meal already. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that just happened to me today at the grill. They left like a little card in the with a receipt. Yeah. Like, how was this? I was like, Am I supposed to fill this out? You are yeah. supposed to fill it out. Now? So they gave it to you. <laughs> it's got like stars on it. Like, please, right, right. put this mark right here. Like, there's like arrows pointing towards the, the box. Yes. Yeah. Google Maps. We know you like the color. We made those cars <laughs> colorable. And once you've colored one, well, you might as well color two. Right. And while you're at it, get three, four. You, get, you did all five. You want to go for five. We got a good rating. That's a good rating right there. We all had fun. Google Maps popped up on my phone and asked me to rate the place that I was working at. It was like, how was your experience? I was like, well, my hair oh. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I probably shouldn't go ahead and leave that review. Yeah. <laughs> Boss calls me in. Dude, <laughs> seriously? Anonymous. <laughs> John Meyer, this place is horrible. Yeah. yeah I'll on. never come back again. This car says me he's a joke. <laughs> we can't look at it. We can't just look at it. <laughs> my right. boss sucks. He hates when I shorten his name to Dick. Especially since it's Steven. <laughs> Alright, hey, we're going to take a quick intermission. We'll get back to this jackass generation. But Hunter's going to play us another tune. What's the name of this one, brother? You know, this one is the so-called ballad on the album and uh, called Retrospect. Which, you know, we all spend a little too much time, me especially, in that area. Sure.
It's one of the ones that really highlights uh, how great those musicians are. It gives them a chance uh, at the end there to just really show off, and it's cool, fun. That's uh, that's one of the fun songs. Yeah. And so just just to break off into the new subject, mm-hmm. we're still gonna focus in on this Jackass generation that I would call ourselves. Right. That led into the meme generation, the Vine, the Snapchat, all that. That was like the birth of all that, right? Yeah, and so that's that's kind of where we left off. It's like so there's Vine and Snapchat, and we were so exposed and overexposed, and we saw this huge technological advancement in computers. Like, remember, like computers would be the size of this dresser, and then like right. there were home computers, and then computers became affordable, and then like we called we saw these monster desktops with these huge oh, yeah. monitors, and oh, yeah. and how laptops came out, and. I mean, you want to talk about video consoles and then cell phones and now smartphones and right. You know, I know the the listeners can't see it, but we're we're even sitting next to one of those really old, those. The, the first giant, uh, large flat screens, right? That came out that if you sat too close uh, down low, it would look, distort the picture. We all had those, or we had friends that had those, and it was an exciting thing to go over there and get too close just to look at this fifty-inch, sixty-inch TV. And now, occasionally, you still see them like, in the corner, and they're 900 pounds, and they look like a chef robe or something over there, right? It's, yeah. And you also look at this, like you said, your smartphone. It's almost like that. Yeah, let it be known. That there dinosaur you speak of is actually for sale for the low price of $60. <laughs> right. Come in. Yeah, we will not help load. Right? Log on to www.tv.com. It's a biohazard. 
care if it's a biohazard. Yeah, we loaded enough crap into this house. We ain't taking nothing out. <laughs> was it grown up Spanish? What's that box with the box on the end? Like talking about something like that? Because I mean, sure. it's all flat screen now. Absolutely. Like, what's that TV with the box on the back? Right? It was a huge box that weighs a whole ton. It's got wheels on it. A TV with wheels, right? Yeah. TV. And now we've got these TVs that roll quite up. literally curve. Yeah. Or right? some that roll just up. Just stick them to the wall. Roll up. 3D the wall. TVs. Made, uh, 3D Samsung TV. made 148. What is that? You know, I forgot about that, actually. That's, <laughs> it feels like they put, put down the back burner, right? They quit advertising as much for 3D TVs. It used to give me a headache. Anytime I would go to a friend's house that had one, you put the glasses on, watch House in Wonderland or something. Oh, it was kind of cool, but it strains your eyes so much that you end up with a little bit of a tension headache. Really? So the, mm. that's why I feel like maybe they're doing some further uh, research on that. Samsung came out with that wall TV. I think it's like 148 inches, something like that. It's a TV. It's unreal. A projector. Oh, right. Yeah, that projector's the way to go. She stole it. Now I know the 148 inch. I think is the way to go. It's got to be better than a projector. Dude, you see those videos of the people that are in the balcony and they're broadcasting their Mario Kart with their uh, on the projector across the street on Mm -hmm. the building, right? So they're playing a 60 by 60 Mario Kart on the balcony. That's (laughs) how to do it. It's the size of a real car. Right. (laughs) Bigger. Oh. Alright, so just not only on top of this jackass generation with this technological advance and just through how social media impacted the whole technology, I would say we grew up in, I'm not going to say the greatest time of music, but it was a great time to be alive and it was a great time to come up because, no, we weren't there for Zeppelin in the late 60s, early 70s. We weren't there for Hendrix, Woodstock, or the Santana, you know, you want to talk the old school, or Elvis even, you know, we didn't get to see that, but... Where we, where we came into was, there was a birth of this thing that nobody had a real name for. It was grunge. Oh, and, and, and look what that led into, the Black Keys, um, you know, Caged Elephant, all these great bands that we love that are, we're going to look back on, these are the greats right now, but they're so fresh. Kings of Leon, they're mm. so amazing, you know, and their entire discography will be impressive, but we're so close to it right now because it's so fresh within the last 5, 10, or even 20 years. That we need that length of time, like Zeppelin's had, the Stones have had, the Beatles have had. It, sure. It, the legacy exponentially grows over the years because mm-hmm. they're this legend, right? As are these other bands, and I think we'll experience that too as we get older. We'll see that happen with these yeah. bands. Hunter, what do you? How do you feel about uh, Grand Van Fleet? I love them. Yeah. And, and I'm so quick to say it because I know people to do hate on them, but it's like maybe they should give a little more credit to Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant, and all those people. But uh, to each his own. If they don't want to give credit. <laughs> You know, it'd be silly to say, to deny that they don't take any influence yeah. from them. That, that would be, that would be ridiculous. You know, the first song I heard about them was Safari Song, and yeah. it was on 999. Uh-huh. And I thought it was an unreleased Led Zeppelin song. Everybody did, right? And, like, after it was over, they said, Safari Song by this new band, Greta Van Fleet. And I immediately walked over to my phone and made a memo. It was like, when you get home, I set an alarm. I was like, I get home from work at like 4.45. Set the alarm. was like, look, Greta Van Fleet. And I looked that up and like they had Highway Tune and they had like several songs that I listened to and I was like, well, if Nick, Led Zeppelin just didn't have a baby. Right. Right. It it sounds so much like them. Uh, Oh, Change is Gonna Come, their cover of that. It's an amazing Yeah, that was track four on the EP. It's so good, right? Yeah. And it's 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 that uh, Otis Redden cover. Right, right, right. And you know, it's like, it's it's okay to have another generation with that voice. You can't have that voice 
once in a hundred years, it's okay that someone else was born that seems like that. We should embrace that. You know, I think about it like movies. Mm -hmm. You know, like you got like these really awesome like old school movies. Sure. And then you're just waiting. You're just waiting like, man, I wish they remake. Ah, yeah. yeah. Right. Like, and then, and then it happens. And then they do like a really good job on it. You know, you're sure. really happy and you're really proud that they like did a really good job what on the remake of like, like a classic. Type I was just thinking, I know, it's yeah. a bad example because it's yeah. a silly movie. Yeah. People hate on the movie. Yeah. But it's not like a classic. Oh, I asked my dad the other night. We were watching the original Burt Reynolds. Yes. And I was like, what's your preference? And he said, Burt Reynolds. I said... Have you seen I didn't movie? even ask why, and he was like immediately right after that. It's original. Yeah, there we go. And he's like, Adam Sandler is good, mm -hmm. but it ain't Burt Reynolds. Right, which is the case in a lot of things. The original is usually better. Right? Yeah, but that, this that's what I think about like when like you know everybody's like throwing a bunch of shade on Greta Van Fleet for their music. You know, saying like, oh, they're taking it. They're not. They're they're not. They're just they're earning it. This is this is this is this is now. That was then. Well, yeah. well they're, and they're yeah. as good. Yeah, that's the time will tell, right? Who cares yeah. if, yeah. What, what, if time they were trying to sound just like them? Yeah, you know, harder to be to sound just well, like them. You have to be careful with how much you credit you give because then it'll sound like you're just you don't want to be taken as you're trying to be them. Right. You know, yeah. Right? So you have to be careful. I understand with their like being careful how much praise and. Yeah. credits given them for their influence because they had to find it on their own just like anybody else and it's two brothers and it's, you know whatever. No, it's three dude three brothers it's twins so like the lead singer and the, the guitarist they're twins it's crazy and then Sammy the bass player is the older brother and then uh, Dan mm -hmm. is just like a friend from school do you follow their Instagram like, right? yeah they have an interesting yeah be careful who you follow on Instagram they've got a bunch of weird followers are you warning me about the internet right no, now? No. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, you need to make sure you find the real They got like a bunch of fake pages. Be like little fangirls. Like, I love him so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet each of those guys have their own. Dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Well, we, were, we were talking about that at work the other day. We were having a conversation about Greta Van Fleet. And like, it's like, what's crazy? It's like, they're not even old enough to drink. Like, two of the members right. in the band they ain't even 21. Right. It's like the success that they had. Like, they have already been, like, Pitchfork gave them a horrible review. And you know, like Pitchfork's a big deal. Why would they do that? You know, what was their what was the reason for that? Rip off. Rip off, but what are they ripping off? Yeah. And well, what qualities other than it's his range? He he has to sing like that to sound good, right? So he's he's in that range with. And it's like they they gave it like they, they were saying it was it was unoriginal. That was their whole thing. It's like you're just it's been gone for so long, and now you're just gonna come. But there is no, in. but there is no, right? There is no other band that even sounds like that. But that's what I was saying. Right. Uh, I can be overdone. I've earned it based on the talent alone. That yeah. nobody could just walk up and sing. Like and that. imagine like to come out and play a show and then like immediately be compared to oh, Led Zeppelin. That would be tough, right? Mm. Hey, right? Al, I got a question. Are you wearing fuzzy socks? Yes. Okay. Wool socks. Smart. <laughs> it's cold out there. <laughs> Polar vortex and all. Yeah. <laughs> Great term. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's that's the one there. That's the what is it? The, I'm not hating. I just wanted the buzz. The buzzword they're throwing around now, right? The one that they want. That's what they do. Color vortex. Right. Which everybody's throwing boiling water in the. That air. is actually on the episode before this. Yeah. It's crazy that word got brought up. <laughs> right. A two for the same thing with ACDC. You know, who would have thought that they would be able to find someone who could sing, like Bon Scott? That's wild. We were talking about Allison Chains, and how. <laughs> Lane died, and that that was one of them bands where you didn't really realize how much the backup singer and the guitarist done for the band. Sure. Because the guy that they got to replace, yeah, 
it was really close, but what she really started picking up on was the harmonies and everything that he brought to every song. Journey, I think, put out a new CD with new songs. Yeah. I think people were like, well, we don't really want new Journey songs. <laughs> yeah. We want old the old ones, we just want to hear yeah. it again. We know it's different, but give us old Journey songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. They know what they're going to see, but they expect to hear. But you know, that guy's a terrific singer, and he's got his own solo albums, so I see where that would be a little bit tough, right? Like, as an artist, you're going to want to sing your own songs. So, after a while... Mm-hmm. You know, naturally it's going to branch into that but it, it has incredible and it's wild how they found him you know what was it like the drummers on YouTube one night and he Three stumbles across now. this open mic situation and yeah whatever like I don't know maybe it was Thailand I guess or uh, I can't exactly I think remember it, it's, it's, I think that's right uh, but, but and then flies over there uh, and there was you know I guess some Netflix documentaries I'm getting all this but they scooped him up brought him back and then the first day was terrible and they're like oh big waste of everybody's time yeah and the guy was super nervous and then the second day was like Bizarre. And yeah. it was like heavens, you know, opened up. And exactly. <laughs> and he got in there and did whatever he needed to do. And it worked. And then they're just doing world tours again and bringing it all mm-hmm. back. I don't know how Steve Perry felt about any of it. I never got to read any of that. Yeah. That's the, and that's another thing was like that's Sublime. Right, sublime yeah. wrong. <laughs> sublime wrong. I mean, I would say, you know, but it's like, no, I'm just kidding. Like, they're great. He's got an amazing voice. But I would just be well, thinking the whole journey. time, like, how badly I wish I could see. Bradley up there doing his thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, like, where's Louie dog? Right. I know. It wouldn't be... I just had friends go see Fleetwood Mac, and they were, hmm. you know... had, you know, big seats way in the back, but it still looked like a great show, and I guess I'd go to that. Elton John's on his last tour. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. So, you know, right? Oh. Kiss is on their, like, third last tour, so... Yeah. <laughs> there's no guarantee. So not only like well just the technological advances and all that, it was a music thing because I remember like growing up riding in my parents' cars like with mom and dad and like what was on the radio. There was a lot of country, but I, I would say it was good country. Like country today is it's in a weird place. It has split. like commercialized mm-hmm. country. Like yeah. I, there's true country, but you don't know how to find it. Or like I say, you don't. But I like like a lot of people are just kind of okay with. What's played? It's branched into so many different types of country. You've mm-hmm. got the Jason yeah. Isbells, the Sturgill Simpsons, mm-hmm. the Keith Urbans, mm-hmm. and it's also different. It's all still country, mm-hmm. technically, but in another sense, it's not even close to one another. Yeah. Not even Cody Jinks. You know, got this outlaw country coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got like you want to say Jason Isbell? Well, I'll say that's Americana. Sure, some people okay, yeah. right? And so, like, country music in and of itself, it then begins to spider web, like sure. you would do rock and roll. If uh-huh. well, this is alternative. Well, then you look at alternative. Well, what does alternative even mean? Right. Well, alternative used to mean something that wasn't going to be played on your radio. Right. But you look at alternative now. There's alternative radio stations, and now alternative you have well, Art and Monkeys. What's that? Well, it's British rock. But then again, it's kind of got this different vibe. So mm-hmm. I don't really know where to put it. It's alternative. It's indie. Okay, we'll flavor this. And you, right. you have all these different bands now that are coming out. Uh, killers. A lot right. of people say, like last night, we brought them up. Uh, a lot of people say that they killed the alternative music um, That's harsh. scene. That's harsh. Like, harsh, harsh. After, after they came out, like there, there came a lot of bands that tried to mimic what the killers done. Sure. And, and it murdered it. That's, that's, that's nature. That's, what, yeah. that's the natural way that it goes, though, yeah. right? Somebody does something amazing, everybody else wants so, to do it. I like the killers, but that's I was like, that's, yeah. that's cool that you think that, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And then, like, you see how everything begins to spiderweb, and so, like, we grew up 
Alan Jackson, George Strait was on the radio, Shania Twain, all these country guys. John right? turned me on to all the country that I knew. Growing right. Up. Yeah. All the Sammy Kershaw. Right. And then you had you had the older brother, right, yeah. who was listening to rap and R and B, who was well, three yeah. six mafia. Everybody's got that weirder older brother. We didn't need Google, right? <laughs> yeah. We had that weirder older brother. Or you had the weird older cousin under the black light to tell you that the Mayans <laughs> created the cell phones. Yeah. You see that? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we had it, but we didn't have it. Okay, it was different, you know. But that's that. We used to be the country was country. It was Conway Twitty, was George Strait, was you know, and then the Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson. But it branched now into this. They don't even recognize Sergio Simpson as being country. And how does it not get hmm. more country? He won a country. Grammy. Anybody yeah. saw him playing on the sidewalk, dude? Yeah, well, at the yeah. CMAs, didn't get invited. He put what he put the that? Grammy in his guitar case. Yes. Yeah. Dude, so I've been well, on like a big Sturgill Simpson like it, it, my my taste in music it varies like one day I'll be listening to nothing but like metal and then one day I'm listening to like old school stuff and just, yeah. so here recently I've been on a big kick on Sturgill Simpson yeah and I started venturing off in his radio on Spotify mm-hmm. but this is how y'all were talking about this I just came across this uh, this new era of country it's called Southern Gothic have you ever heard of that no yeah. Check that out on Spotify sometime. No, describe that real quick. All right, so the way that they describe it, like as a definition, is like a lot of their songs are kind of, you know, kind of. No, when you say gothic, are we talking like goth music, like what we had in the early 2000s? But it's like out of country. uh, Let's get the. Mess here and do it, run it down black. I almost want to play y'all if if uh, if my internet would be working. But it's Sturgill Radio. That's the style. No, it's not. It's I I, I so listening to his radio. I found a band. Uh-huh. They play this song. It's called Ebb and Flow. I love it. It's mm. great. I I don't think Southern Gothic is the term. No, that's that. Okay, sorry. That's what it's called on Spotify. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. Here it is. Here it is. Um, uh, the Dead Tongues. You guys heard of the Dead Tongues? No. Dead Tongues. They play a song called "Ebb and Flow." It's pretty good. That's like, I'm almost played a clip of that song. Now, what would you consider this? Folk. Bluegrass and bluegrass just off folks. the tip, I don't know for sure, but I would think immediately like uh, right kind of folksy bluegrass. Uh, but yeah, all we've heard so far is banjo, right? So yeah, so Southern Gothic. Some of your your bands you got here: Coulter Wall, Joy Williams, yeah, amazing. All these guys. Are amazing. Brown Bird, Parker Millsap, so Hosier. It's defined by uh, Hosier's great. Hosier, Hosier, Hosier. Um, Crooked Steel, Kalo. Hello. Uh, so yeah, if, you, if you haven't heard, yeah, Culture Boy is like 23 out of, uh, you know, near like I think Saskatchewan, Canada, and he plays. I always say, you know, when I'm trying to turn somebody onto him, the amazing thing about Culture Wall is he would have been famous at any point in time in the last 100 years because of his style is so relatable. He could have been playing the songs he's playing today in 1901, and people would have been attracted to it in 1950. Uh, 1995, or even today, in almost 2020, yeah. he's selling out, and he's 23, and he's singing like he's got a hundred years of ranch plains, uh, pain and, and suffering and love and loss all in his heart, and he's and he's a kid, but he's just—it's amazing. You got to check him out. He's a true storyteller, and he's been taking Nashville by storm. Wow. Yeah. Right. Dude. Yeah. It's kind of like we was talking earlier. He's like recorded with some of the folks that sound are. And Angus Lee is recorded sure. with. Yeah. In San Luis, we had him on the podcast a few episodes ago. He's toured with Angus Lee. Right? 
That's crazy. Sitting down talking to Sam, I was immediately reminded of you because like, I remember when I was first getting in contact with you and you was like, you was telling me a little bit of what you had right. going on. It's like, so oh, I've been recording that. with, you know, uh, you know so some, so, right, yeah. some musicians who have played with Amos Lee and I was like, I'm a huge Amos Lee fan. Right, same. And then like Sam Lewis and I'm looking at, he toured with like Chris Isaacs, Amos Lee, Chris Jeez. Stapleton. Like, some heavy hitters and like, I only asked him about the Chris Stapleton but I was interested in all of it, but... You know, that's another one. We didn't even yeah. mention him somehow, but he's... Yeah. I think he will go down in the... Do you remember him from Steel thing. Drivers? I, you know, mm-hmm. I never listened to the Steel Drivers before hearing him solo. Steel Drivers. Yeah. So you're a country music guy? You kind of knew that? I like mm-hmm. him now. I just didn't know him Well, before. come on, man. Can you not tell oh. by the haircut? Look at it. Oh, Zach? Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Just streams country. I, uh, uh, yeah. He's amazing. He's got one of the craziest voices. And his songwriting. It happened almost overnight. It seemed like. Yeah, when he went solo, like he really. Oh, hey, that's Culture Wall. Sorry, I tried playing it like five minutes ago while we were talking about it, but it just now just started. That's the Gothic thing. Yeah, the Southern Gothic. It's like a like three words. You'll you'll be able to tell. Yeah, what I was talking about because it's all fast forwarded. I don't think it's it's right here. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing this like with a kick drum. No, 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 no. No, I would relate that to a Nathaniel Redler type thing. That's that is not well, gossip. Wait, 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 No, I've heard his. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so here's what Google has to say about Southern Gothic: is uh, it includes the presence of irrational, horrific, transgressive thoughts, desires, or impulses. Oh wow! Dark humor. Overall, angst-ridden sense of it. But that, that, that would be Sturgill's sense. Yeah, but, for, but that's all about the lyrics, though. It's not necessarily about the music. It's more about the lyrics. It's like the what they of. portray in the lyrics. Yeah. Like, I ran over my cat. That song, <laughs> song, that song comes to my playlist a lot. I hear yeah. that song maybe at least once a day. What was Johnny Cash considered? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, he, he, he would have been a Southern Gothic. If, if Johnny Cash came out now, he'd been the... Outlaw Country? Close. No, he no, would have been no. what we just talked about. Because Outlaw Country is more like Cody James. Or, he was always or high on but heels. Was, you know, but, but who did who? Who was, was Chris, Chris, I mean, Chris Christopherson you know, and Johnny Cash? Like that. Yeah. Uh, the actor. Right, right. Dude, I'll tell you this, this thing that was so impressive to me about Johnny Cash is like I was never really sold by... Uh, I see a train come. I, I never was sold by that dude. I was like, that ain't my thing. Right. What? But like when I heard him cover that Nine Inch Nails song. Oh, hurt. Hurt. Uh, and then like yes. I started looking into some of his cover work in his late days of his life, and then I went back on all his work. Yeah. And I was like, completely got it. And it took a, him covering a, a band. I was like, why would Johnny Cash? Cover Nine Inch Nails. That makes no sense. Why does Johnny Cash know who Nine Inch Nails is? Right. Music. And music when I heard music. when I heard that, I was like, I'm sold. Yeah. And I went back, and it was like, I hear the train coming. I think I do too now. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, you know. That's amazing that it took that. You know, whatever it is to get somebody new into it, but you and you discovered his entire legacy right there based on the Nine Inch Nails cover. Yeah. He he had some really amazing songs like you know, what is it Sunday Morning Coming Down. Good God, that's a great song. Yeah. And the whole story about him like going on TV and then like, listen, you can't sing the lyric about uh, wishing I was stoned. And he's like, oh, okay. He goes out there and just does it, right? Which now is read his be, book. He had a book? I didn't know he had a book. The like dude, a I don't remember his name, but I know the band. But he wrote a book. Oh. 
and his his it just his you need life. Details, dog. Not I'm sorry. Google the show. I'm the guy or the band, but there's a book. Google the show. It was great. Google it. There's a book that just wrote with him. Not about Johnny Cash. It's not about Johnny. Oh, it's not about Johnny Cash. No, it's about you guys talking about Nine Inch Nails. Okay, sorry, I didn't. I didn't. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, the dude who. Zeus? <laughs> no, not Dr. Zeus. <laughs> no, right. Let me tell you something, brother. When we get back from this brief break, shout out to Alt 1017. Download the app. You can hear Monk's Indies Only show on Saturday nights. Peace out. Back to the show. Oh. Kind of bad. Like I feel like it's it, the way music is now. You can't, John. You can't put anything into a genre anymore because everybody's pulling off of everybody. Yes. That's yeah, why you right. get weird ass shit like Southern gospel goth or whoever the shit he's talking about. Everything. Yeah. Book. Mix a lot of different types. He doesn't. Something about book. We just mix a lot of different oh things together. But everything's borrowed from something. Yes. Yeah, and you're not cool unless you write it in a book. Because how could we come up with anything if we were living in these little cubicles with no interaction with anybody Outside else? In- no influences. influence at all, right? How could we come up with anything? That's Every like, artist you ask, like, what was no your original ideas. You're pulling from something that you right. saw. Right. Even like the chair, right? How the well, chair every great started. artist always said who influenced them when they were growing up. That's how they found their style. <laughs> so it's just style. the evolution of styles. Imagine influencing somebody, right? That like, yeah. It was like they drew from you at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Like that would be very powerful things as a human being. Just as- I don't even remember how it come up, but I was talking with uh, Buzz. It was after the show. We were up, we were just sitting outside on the porch, and I don't even remember how we got on the conversation, but we were talking about covers. Yeah. And like people who just cover bands and like covers and Cody walked out and so we were we were talking about like just covers in general he's like there was this one guy who covered 10 by 10 which is like one of the hits off of Pony's record coming out in the summer really? and it's like there was this cat that covered it and we watched it and we was like that's really cool that somebody covered our song and I was like that is so interesting hearing the perspective of the person who wrote it say that you know what I'm saying? It's this. like because like imagine this is like I think about Boyce Avenue, yeah, who is a YouTube star. Yeah, yes. Because so, of like what they all the songs they covered in like think about what they cover. They only cover the hits. You know they're gonna hear Adam Levine. You're gonna hear everything that you hear on pop radio. Everything that's just hot. And they out. cover it and it's like boom hits. And then he's getting these guests and like oh, he plays. He sells out stadiums. That's what I'm saying. The world play covers. Just cover. And he's like, undeniably, he's that good. I like Aaron Lewis. I like. I would rather go see Aaron Lewis play covers, and and I'm a Stain fan. I would rather see Aaron Lewis play covers, and I would see Aaron Lewis play Stain. Interesting. Because it's just his voice, you know, that you right, enjoy. And his take on the music. Right. Yeah. Because he that rascal flat song. The songs he chooses. He embellishes it and right. puts his perspective on totally. songs sound differently. Coming That's from exciting him. too is pick, finding, oh, no, go for it. No. Go for it. Oh, finding your favorite artist and then being like, finding the covers that they do. That's, I loved the same thing. Right, just like the Greta Van Fleet cover, your change is going to come. You're like, whoa, never thought that was going to yeah. happen. But so excited to hear it. And you know where they came from? It's like when they tell the story, it's like, well, mom and dad, like, we grew up on records and Oldest Redden. 
There's a record. Yes, well, I wonder why. Yeah. You know, and there's the influence. You 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 see the guys interviewing now. Yeah. They're openly talking about the influence that Led Zeppelin had, and they're openly talking about like the other influences that was on it. Absolutely. But like with Stain and like with Aaron Lewis, Rascal Flats, that uh, what hurts the most. That was a song written by I don't remember the cat right now, but Aaron Lewis saw the original way that that song was meant mm-hmm. by the guy who wrote it. And he knew the Rascal Flats, and he was like, I don't like that, but I like this rendition. And he, he, he shared the story, and he was like, you know, I sat down at the bar that night, was kind of talking about it, and covered it. And I like that song now, yeah. because of Aaron Lewis. Exactly. And it's a cover. Yeah. But I don't have people, like, because I do a lot of covers on the show, but I, I want to branch off and do, like, my own music, sure. Yeah. But I was like, right now, I'm just... If we're plugging bands, right. if I, I can't legally play their music without their permission, so totally, right. I can cover it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so maybe if you halfway decently like the cover, maybe you'll look them up and you'll like them a whole lot better because it's a lot better, you know? Oh, man. That's so true, though. <laughs> but talking about how you can embellish a song, mm-hmm. the song, uh, Hey, uh, True. I saw By Outcast. That yeah. seems like a happy go lucky song. Sad song. It's a sad song. Yeah, mm-hmm. lyrics are sad. That's one of those. I saw somebody do that on the acoustic guitar and it was incredible. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was incredible. I'm trying to think of this. Oh, but Diane Parker. Is Aaron, is Aaron Lewis the guy that did that? Between, it's covered the Whiskey and You song. <clears throat> That's the difference. Between the Whiskey and You. Like, Y'all remember? That was David Allen Cohen. Somebody wrote it. Chris Stapleton put it on his latest. And several people have covered it. Yeah. That would be the Same with that Willie Nelson song, yeah. uh, Last Thing I Needed, First Thing This Morning. I love that song. Chris Stapleton put that on Speaking his album. You just did it with the I, uh, I Tupac bought, song. And that's the thing is I borrowed a lot of that influence from that song for that retrospect song. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hear that I now. was jamming on that song like all week, and then that's what kind of influenced me to write that. So, cool. Like, you know, like it's amazing. Like That song's probably influenced people for the last 40 years. Yeah. What was that, Robert Earl Keane? Yeah, he went to one of Willie's. He went to the number two, the second Willie's picnic ever. Hippie status, sixty nine, whatever. His car burns down in the parking lot with a bunch of other cars. And as a consolation, I'm like, we're really sorry that happened. You can go meet Willie. And he's sitting there crying. He goes and meets Willie. Twenty years later, he writes a song that Willie covers, and he's hanging out with Willie again. Mm-hmm. And Robert O'Keefe goes down in, in history as one of the greatest singer songwriters in that group ever, right? right? And it's just like right crazy. Yeah. So all right, so. Let's let's think about this for a second. This is this is a new topic. And I'll ask the question, but don't answer it yet. And I'll give you some songs that, like, I'm glad I know the story. But what do y'all be thinking about this? Do you like knowing the story behind the song? Like, do you when you hear a song, do you like immediately want to know what that song was about? Mm-hmm. And you have to know, or do you like the freedom of being able to interpret and being able to address it yourself and be like oh this applies to me this way what is your preference and so like with this is what I'm going to say I'm going to start with James Taylor Fire and Rain love it that's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. now what made it personal to me and it's like why I enjoy covering it and it's like it's one of my favorite songs to play is because of the story behind it it's like he had this lover right, right. this chick and uh, he just made this promise, man. It was, you know, it's just one of them things. He's like, if I ever hit it big, I'm going to fly you out to the first show. 
Well, he hit it big, and he flew her out. The plane crashed. Get out of here. That's the story and of that? That's fire and rain. And oh, look at the last God. verse. Heavy. Look at the last verse. He said, um... What? Is that true? Is that a myth? That no. <laughs> this is... Yanking my chain? No. <laughs> Get out of here. And that was the start of a beautiful song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has a great way of picking the guitar. He has an interesting way of tuning. That, that was a huge influence on me, man. And, like, when I'm... All right, 2017 and 2018, and even now, it's like 2017 especially, is I quit playing picks. I put picks away. With James Taylor and like listening to him, that was a big influence on me, like putting away picks. Yeah. You want to head out? Yeah, I gotta get up early. All right. My man. Good seeing you, man. Hi, brother. Good to see you. Good to see you. Drive safe tonight. Here's those James Taylor lyrics. Here's that last line in Fire and Rain. Lord knows, okay. Been walking my mind to an easy time. My back turned against the sun. Lord knows when the cold wind blows, it'll turn your head around. Well, there was hours of time on the telephone line. We talked about things to come. It was sweet dreams and flying machines in pieces on the ground. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Wow. When I heard that, man, I was playing music with this cat. Crazy. Dennis McKay down here on Alabama Street in Columbus. He's got Mac Records right here. And like when he shared that story, I was, he taught me music for years. I was able to record there in the studio with him. It's yeah. like the, the studio kind of became a thing. That song was such a huge impact. Sure. And like you think about other songs like um, that. Foster the People song, Pumped Up Kicks. A lot of people don't know that that's about Columbine. Right. And like when you when you when you hear the song again, it's like they're talking about Columbine. You're like, that changes my entire perspective on the song. The you just changed for me because now I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, such a well, yeah, it says outrun my bullet. But you know, like normally, you know, when I I do this exactly how you said it, I do I do a little mixture of both. If I can find it out real quick without Google. Cause I like I like things. This is kind of weird. I like for things to be a surprise in a way. I like to find out how I just found it out from you. Yeah. Like I like for someone. I like to be in a social setting, and someone be like, "Oh, did you know?" Yeah. I like to find out that way, or just by coincidence. Yeah. That's how I like to find things out usually. So especially about things that I'm interested, especially like a song. But I always want to know. I always like. Oh man, I wonder what they were thinking. But normally, what I like to do is I like to read a book. Plugs. <laughs> and there's a new joke for Porch Talk. And it might even be a t shirt. Right. It'd be a picture of Cole holding a books. book. <laughs> <laughs> books, lowercase yeah. B, and everything's books. Yeah. Period. Book. And to get back on track, here's the question. Because I, I don't know, because I'm weird about it. But. The inspiration behind it, like a lot of people, like when I was sending lyrics to somebody, they're like, who'd you write this song about? Mm -hmm. What is this about? Mm -hmm. I have the Kurt Cobain journals. Nirvana's not my favorite band, but Nirvana had a huge influence on me. Huge. I can't can't deny that. I've been told that an artist is in need of constant tragedy to fully express their work, but I'm not an artist, and when I say... In a song, that doesn't necessarily mean that person is me, and it doesn't mean that I'm just a storyteller. 
it means whoever or whatever you want because everyone has their own definition of specific words and when you're dealing in the context of music you can't expect words to have the same meaning as in everyday use of our vocabulary because I consider music art and I have used that in the past that's Kurt Cobain journals and so but it, it really does set up the rest of the topics for the evening so there you go back to the show write a song stop trying to make the lyrics like something that I did it was personal to me like I literally lived it maybe I did Mm -hmm. but maybe I didn't Mm -hmm. maybe I was telling a story about another life that I've seen it's like Mm -hmm. don't automatically assume that just because I wrote this that I've done it sure it's like because I'm I'm a a songwriter I'm a storyteller I'm a soothsayer or however you want to put it what I want you to do with the song is like if you hear it and you like it, whether it was the melody or it was the music, whatever picks you up, and then you actually get to starting to hear it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that makes music special and the thing about the arts in general to me is what makes things like this so special is the connection and the relation. Right. And the, the reason why you connect with it, the reason why you connect with it, or you or whoever, is completely personal. Absolutely. So when I talk to Cole about Hunter Meyer's music, What's your favorite song by Hunter? And he may say Retrospect. And then I may say a totally different song. Right. Well, why? Well, this song hit home for me. Sure, right? Each one, like, right? Has, it can relate mm-hmm. to people in different ways. Yeah. 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 And you think about artists and is genres, and, like, that was what something that was, to bring it back to this whole generation thing, is, and I'm not saying, like, our generation was exclusive to it. Like, let's, here we are sitting, man, we're late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. There was a really great influence, like with my parents' music. So many good '80s bands that '80s people that grew up in the '80s, they had the same thing that we have going on now that we complain about. It's like this band is so good and they don't get played on the radio. Because when I talked to my dad, he was like, "You ever heard of them?" Right. They didn't get radio time in my day, and now look, they get radio time all the time. It's wow. classic rock. Wow. And it was like Seals. it never, yeah, it never got heard on the radio till now. Interesting. I never thought about that. Hmm. Until it becomes classic rock. Yeah, yeah. and it's that's the twenty year mark. Time, time gave it that you know people classic ESPN. I never watched that game before. Right, right. people were too close Maybe. to it. They had to step back and to appreciate it. You know, like a good piece of art. Sometimes you look at it from across you know what? Also, there's a lot of art coming out at the same time. Yeah, I'm sure some people fell oh. from the cracks. And now, even even I think now more so than ever, not only are there more people, but anybody with a ten dollar cell phone can record themselves, and if they're good enough. It could be from the desert on the other side of the planet. If they're good enough, absolutely, it's going to go viral. It's going to catch fire. Somebody's going to put them on a talk show. It's going to be the kid from Walmart that yodels. It's going to be that sensation. Yeah. Where it's he's anywhere. playing at Druid City in Tuscaloosa. Oh, Bonner, what? Coachella. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the yodeling kid. kid. From Walmart. Yeah. You know, and it's like more power to him kind of thing because it's like now it's anybody's game. Yeah. It used to be you had to know somebody. This is a question I want to ask. Yeah. It's right here where we are. It's anybody's game. So right right now, literally, with this equipment that I have and these guitars Mm -hmm. and with everyone that we have, we have everything that we need right now to make a song. Mm -hmm. Right? Right? A band. A band, sure. I mean, we need a few more. We're not contributing anymore. We we need a few more instruments. But but y'all don't even know. I can sing like an angel. <laughs> oh, 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 don't give it. Stop. 
Look at the, uh, the Hobo Johnson. He did it from his backyard. He Dude, it started for that scones and that, scone. that, that, yes. that NPR thing. He's in yeah. And he got on NPR. And, and I love him. Now he's Dude, he's awesome. Shows. He's traveling around. Pete like, Scone yeah. is great. It's great. And it's amazing, like, what did he, he didn't need anything other than, yeah. he, but you know, Internet that's connection. the scary part about it is yep. it is now everybody's game. You know, and now it's like, the talent is out there. So to go to Nashville or to go to, it's like trying to be an actor and go to Los Angeles or something, mm-hmm. right? You're jumping into the pool with possibly hundreds of thousands of other potential, oh, very talented people, mm-hmm. and then it's then it is lucky. Then. You know, yeah. I, this is the idea. Disaster artists talk about that movie all the time, and you do like Tommy Wiseau accents and things like that all the time. It's like, why is that movie so important to you? Tommy Wiseau done it his way. What's it called? Like The Room or something? Yeah, The Room. That's yeah. the original. Yeah. And so like you, I like the disaster artist over The Room. Okay. I had a hard time sitting through the whole The Room, but mm-hmm. like the story behind The Room inspires me and it like really helped inspire the podcast a lot. Was He made the statement to his friend, all the pretty boys, they go to Los Angeles. And like Greg's like, yeah, you got to be good. You have to want it. He's like, you have to be the best. Right. And then, like, through that, they kind of found out when they moved to L.A., it's like, we can't get a job. Right. Because there's so many fish in this pond. So many. Because, like, where we were, it was, like, big fish, small pond. Because sure. we could get gigs at the, we could be in a musical. But right. here, I can't get a job anywhere. Right. Let's do it our way. Yeah. Let's do it the <laughs> way that we want. And they had the resources to do it the way that they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. Dude, and now it's a cult film. Right. Years it's later down the road, movie. and it was like something that's worth it, and it's something that's just adored by a lot of people. Uh, super low budget. Yeah, here it's Crazy. as simple as like, hey, buddy of mine is, uh, has a guitar. He's really good. You want to hear him? Sure. And yeah. You could just throw like a little pop-up concert there uh-huh. for just your group of friends, or then, uh-huh. you know. But I had a question. This is for both of you guys, because y'all were... Y'all, mentioned Nashville a lot and me and Hunter were talking earlier before the show and we were talking about Nashville and I've frequented a lot in Nashville love the place almost moved there yeah you know I've all every time you meet a musician like somewhere Nashville is in that in that story because Nashville is like the place right it's where music you know but I did not realize how actually how difficult it was for like some of those artists like, because to me, every time you see... Yeah, dude, like so I went and ate at a hotel one time. I was staying in Nashville, and yeah. I went and had dinner. It was actually <laughs> Marine Corps Ball. Yeah. And I went and ate dinner at my hotel, or, yeah, the night that I got there. And there was a smoking hot chick up there playing music sure. in the hotel lobby. Yeah. And, like, this was where everyone's having dinner. They had, like, books. a little restaurant. Huh? These are in books. I was, I was reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> I must have intelligent and put on my glasses and sound very, very special. No longer do I sound like book. <laughs> but anyways. Totally convinced everybody. Yeah, yeah, I got everybody. Indubitably, John, indubitably. <laughs> so she sat there and she had a great voice, amazing music, did not play a single cover, but great and I could have swore she was like an actual, like, oh, where I'm in Nashville, she must play it like the Grand Ole Opry and stuff. Like, right. like, cause she was awesome. Sure. Nope. Yeah. She's just a nobody. She's trying to make it. And how I found this out was because I was so 
so so intrigued with this chick mm-hmm. like being so good and playing in a hotel like this i was like she must be somebody right yeah. so like i went up after i was done eating and i was about to go back out of the room and and she was uh, packing her things and she just just happened to walk close enough to where i could interject without being creepy and i was like hey but you were still creepy yeah i was like yeah, hey. Gollum. <laughs> you know like I chose to be creepy yeah so i was like hey are you do you have a, a yeah. an album? Or are you, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Nope, I'm trying to make it. I've yeah. actually I moved here from somewhere. I forget where she said she moved from. She wasn't from Nashville originally. She's been living here for two months. And this is uh, and apparently gigs are real hard to come by for artists coming up in Nashville. Yeah, because like, it's it's a flooded market. Exactly. Dude. So it's a flooded. so and, you know, even McDonald's has live music there. Really. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're talking about a saturated market. McDonald's has live music, and it would probably be not a bad yeah. gig, right? But like what you're talking about, like maybe the kind of help answer the question is like, man, and that's the conversation is is so good getting up with you, Hunter. Like people have kind of been connected to Nashville, and they all kind of say the same kind of things. It's, tough. it's like, yeah, it's well, I would imagine. Yeah, but but they, you know, a brilliant man said in a simple way, like if you want to make cookies, you got to go to the cookie factory. You can't want to be, you know, you can't aspire to be Pink's guitarist from Louisiana. Where does no. Pink live? Uh, probably Los Angeles. You've got to go to Los That's Angeles. That's where you have to the go. The job you want, you have to go where the job is. And if you have something and people do want it, they're not going to go out of their way to seek you out. You need to be accessible, right? That's the way we live in this fine generation is we want things and we want it now. And if it's not right there, we move on. And it's no mm-hmm. heart, heartache about it. We're like, oh, something else. Entertain mm-hmm. me in 30 seconds. So to be accessible is to be possibly have a chance, right? Increase your chances yeah. the more accessible you are. But even Randy Travis was washing dishes there. Garth Brooks was playing sticky floor bars and stuff. All these guys were putting in their time and that's part you of it. You gotta cut your teeth. You, you got to. You know, to expect to go there and not have to do that would be, I think you'd be setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. Yeah, like, but it's a humbling experience. And, and you, so hear the, you hear those stories right? and they're like, Nashville, it draws such a particular crowd and like, well, it's, it's extremely diverse, especially since Anthony Bourdain's episode right. on Nashville. It's like mm. Nashville's not so much country or singer songwriter or folk or any of that. It, it, it draws it's punk. Music. It draws rock and roll. It's Every you have Third Man Records with Jack White. You have right. there's a lot of different things going on now. Nashville is becoming like this. It's a really special place, and it's becoming a melting pot of like music culture. I mean, you know, Nashville. When I used to think of it, it's like just Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, Grand Ole um, Opry. Um, and like some country they got the Ryman oh, no, 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 no. they got the Ryman they got the Grand they got these great venues they've got these yeah. historical places the museum you know got flooded and they lost a lot of like true artifacts a lot of you know you cannot replace these things they're, they're truly unique you know guitarists from this musician on this sure. special iconic concert all washed away at that museum but the city still has all of this history there and if you go there there's so much more than just people think it's going to be honky tonk corny rhinestone mm-hmm. country experience you know like you were saying it's all about the music there you're going to find yeah. people in different corners playing every genre and it's interesting like hearing them like when when I was talking to them it's like well, East Nashville right. and it was like everybody right. immediately knows East Nashville is right. the art scene right. that's where the thing's happening and then like you begin to break down things and like when you watch the Anthony Bourdain episode of Nashville you kind of see how the demographic is in the different parts of Nashville yeah. it's really something interesting it's very captivating and like, I've been to Nashville once, but I've been to Memphis a ton. Mm. And like, I can say that about Memphis is like, 
man, like when you go to like Germantown and like you go to different parts of the movie, it's so different. And like the culture and the people, it's 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 the same, but it's 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 got its own spice. Right. Memphis is another one. You know that movie's coming out uh, about Beale Street, and I can't. Remember I can't what. wait. Yeah, I think it's either called Beale or something like that. But yeah, it Beale looks like Beale Street could talk. Yeah, Beale Street could talk. That's what it is. It looks really good. It looks like they did a great job of casting and storytelling. You know, I have to see it to really tell. But that was a story that needed to be told. It is is this, the, one of the many many stories that Memphis has to tell of all the crazy musicians that have come through there been birthed from there Elvis wasn't of course from there but he always claimed it later because it was it was it sounded better on paper to be from Memphis but that's where he called his second home it's where Graceland is Memphis is a cool town you've got great food great people mm-hmm. it gets a bad rap but it's the crime just like New Orleans New Orleans falls into that same category right sure. music city culture sure. out out the wazoo you can't you know throw a rock without hitting something that's a hundred years old and has a great story yeah Austin, Texas is one that I'd like to go to I've never been but Austin, Texas is a music city that yeah. here is a must Austin City Limits dude I would love exactly. to go there and I was telling uh, Sam he played at the Ryman like we were talking about with Nashville earlier it was like I want to go to the Ryman, and I want to be at Austin City Limits because, like, yeah. these are the YouTube channels, and these are the stations, and the podcasts, and yeah. the things that I consistently hear on a regular basis, like Ryman, South by Southwest, yeah, the entire yeah. tiny desk, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. The, and these are the people I'm into, and this that is what I'm following. A, that would be a goal right there. That'd be a life milestone accomplishment to be on the tiny desk concert. Yeah, you talk about just like killing yeah. me now. That would be crazy, right? Yeah, yeah and they bring on people. From every corner. Of That's what I'm saying. It's like there's auditions for the southeast, and it's like here you go, here's right. your chance, break yeah. it. Like Hobo Johnson and the Scone Bay. And you know what created that was American Idol. When American Idol came out, it was like mm-hmm. any man, any woman, and child, any of within these ages, can come sure. out, and we will listen to you. Sure. And if you're really good or really entertaining, we'll put you on TV. And what did it do? But like it birthed all the Kelly Clarksons and the. The you know Ryan Seacrest really launched yeah. his entire career off of that too. He had the radio thing before, but American Idol was huge. It created the whole voice thing, yeah. the whole America's Got Talent. That created yeah. something crazy. Twenty thirty shows it created absolutely. All right, back to the question of whether you would like to know the interp- the actual meaning of the song versus being able to interpret it for yourself. And like my argument is, with some songs such as Fire and Rain. You need to know the interpretation. The yeah, interpretation it's before like you hear it. You you want to appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so you, you you hear the story behind it. Lightning like, crashes by live. Yeah, lightning crashes. You can't appreciate that unless you know the story behind that. Otherwise, it is just a really good song with a really good sound, and it doesn't mean anything. There's an iconic line in that live song, "Lightning Crashes," that anytime I hear the name of the song or even hear the band, my mind always goes to right here. And that's it. Yeah, so right there, what, what do you make of that? It brings you in pretty heavy, right? Right out of, right out of the gate. You, and yeah, that, that's like 23 seconds in the song. You're in, and it's like you're hooked. And that's that's to me what makes a great song. I, I'm a sucker for a sad song. I'll, I'll John gives me shit. It's so funny we'll be driving down on these road trips. And... Uh, I'm listening to these slow, sad songs, and he's like, you're killing me. You gotta put something on. I'm falling asleep. We're all falling asleep. And I'm like, I love these slow, sad songs. I remember these great stories. It's heartbreak. And that story is one of them. It draws so, you in and holds yeah. you there real evil. And when you hear placenta hit the floor, how many times have you heard that in your life? Never. I think, it's a, I think it's a metaphor for the future. It really is. So right? I think the 
the story actually is about a girl who is a good friend of the band who died in a DUI car crash. Uh-huh. And her organs were actually went on to save lives. Um, I think when it says placenta hit the floor, her fu- she died. Her future hit the floor. Her yeah. future ended Plans right ended. All right, so placenta, baby, your future. Right. I think that's all that. And then the angel goes from one room to the next room. And it's almost like taking the life that was in those organs yeah. and putting it in the other people in the hospital. It's and so stuff, yeah. that is a, it's a good song I, that I listened to for actually 10 years, never knowing the meaning behind it. And then when I read that yeah. and then we listened to it, it was literally like I heard it for the very first time. Isn't that funny? Like you said, you can hear a song for so many years. Sing the song. But until you, you can sing the song. You listen to it. Right. I was you're singing the lyrics to the song, not having an idea you're what I was even saying. understand yeah. it until you listen. And so yeah. when you hear that, you're like, wow. You know, absolutely. Heart beats, last beat, listen to hit the floor. The yeah. angel closes her eyes in that room. Yeah. Takes whatever life that was there. And goes in spurs. I mean, the same blue eyes. Yeah. It's, blue eyes it's very similar to um, uh, Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. Yeah, sure. An unreal, sad story. And I think there's been, I've read a couple. That's a cover? Yeah, yeah it is a cover. No, but I've read a couple things yeah. of what and it's inspired a, that. I thought it was, you know, about like first date. Uh, mm-hmm. But they also, like, it was a horrible car crash, like, true story. Yeah. And, you know, real death involved. Yeah. And real, real heartache involved. Yeah, that, that was the thing about, like, studying music with Dennis and, like, learning these songs. Like, one of the first songs he ever taught me was Last Kiss by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a cover. Yeah. And, like, he was walking through. He's like, like, Dennis has always done a good job. He's like, this is why I want you to know this song. Uh-huh. And he would tell the story behind the song. It means And it me. wasn't for every song, but it, Last Kiss, Fire and Rain, you know, mm-hmm. and songs like... Yeah. Iconic. These songs, I think you need the story behind, but mm-hmm. there are some songs, like a lot of country songs, right? A lot of country songs you don't, I, I, you don't need to know. You need to, you need to take that, relate it to yourself, and that's mm-hmm. your meaning. Right. Right? Absolutely. But some things, they need, to, they need interpretation. <clears throat> Let me you, ask you guys this, You have this, a whole new appreciation for it. Absolutely. Let me ask you guys this, though, since you're all, all on the same page. Some songs are written... And it's just, it, there's really no... The flat out. No rhyme or reason. There's really no big traumatic incident that happens. Sure, absolutely. But, you know, but there are some songs, but, like, for all of y'all, like, do you, when it comes to these types of songs that have some type of interpretation behind them, do you enjoy the songs that kind of, like, leave you hanging? Like, I wonder what that's about. Or is it the ones, or do you like the ones, like, for instance, here's a song, iconic song, everyone here, here knows it, Reba McIntyre's Fancy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Everybody know what fancy about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you can listen to the lyrics and you can tell it. I mean, it. it I obviously, it. obviously, when she was a young girl, her mom kind of like put her out there, you know, to like go make us some money. Just give it one last chance and all that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Well, you, so, know, well, you know, I enjoy some resolution in my songs, yeah. right? In my storytelling. But I'm the worst about it. I, I yeah. leave people hanging. I leave myself hanging on a song. Or yeah. write it, and it feels like an incomplete thought. Um, but also, there, yeah. there's a positive to that. Because, there is. Uh, always leave wanting more. All right. Hey, this has been another episode of Porch Talk. John, Hunter, Cole. Yep. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate you. Thanks man. for having us on. It's been a lot of fun. Books. It's over, but it's not really over. Welcome to the after party. <laughs> Yeah. I've been reading them books, dog. You know it? Yeah. How does it feel to be an all American son? 
Book. You won the national championship. Where are you going next? Book. <laughs> <laughs>